foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. You know, Janie, in every building project, there's a list of tools needed to complete a build. And as we talk about building a biblical worldview, the tools that we find are in the scriptures, and they're tools like faith and unity and love. And the problem is that we don't really know how to apply these tools to the build. So culture today tell us that faith is magic. Then we have unity, and that's just all of us holding hands together across the country. You know, we're all in this together. So then we also have love, and that's to sugarcoat sin so that we don't offend. Love is probably one of the most misunderstood words in the English language. And, you know, the Greeks had a better handle on the word love than what we do. We just use love to catch everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, we find that when you really study the scriptures, there's many different meanings of love. And we can certainly misappropriate the application of what true love really is. And really, we misappropriate a lot of the definitions that God meant in the scriptures. We really like the encouragement that the scripture gives us, but we don't really like the discipline. What we need to recognize is that whether it is a soft saying or a hard saying from the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, it's all born from a heart of love. Yeah, we lose that along the way, don't we? And in child training, Don't you know when you encourage your child, they're all smiles? But when you have to give them corrective sayings, many times they are offended and get wounded or get angry, or perhaps if they're really trying to perform, they get anxious. But they should know that a good parent will always be speaking from the heart of what's best for the child, or in this case, the disciple or a lamb. Right. Right. And, you know, that really does resonate with me because, you know, I still have small children at at home and it's fun to encourage my kids. It's not a lot of fun to discipline them. You know, (laughs) those are difficult times. But if you don't have the hard sayings, the disciplines, then the fun times become less and less. We have to balance the hard sayings and the soft sayings. We need both of those. But so many times we want to hear all the good and the love from the aspect of being encouraged as a child of God or a sheep in his flock. But we don't want to be disciplined to walk uprightly or to be holy or to 
do as the good shepherd has told us to in his word. Well, and you know, in life, if we don't have the disciplines, we will never develop the character traits that really reflect what the good shepherd has taught us. Yeah. And we will not make good citizens. Uh, We certainly probably should not try to be a teacher if we are not willing to learn by example and by instructions. But I will say that in today's world, and probably America tops one of the top ones, that in our society, having an indulgent focus is what's normal. Mm -hmm. But that thinking has created a weaker nation in values and even productivity. If we are always focused on what feels good, what is just comfort, then it never really creates the strength in the mind, will, and emotions. And the body winds up even suffering because we don't know the words like steadfast, endurance, Uh, loyalty. We don't develop the attributes and the creativity that we need to be a strong nation, a strong family, and to listen to the voice that can provide integrity in our life, and that's the voice of the Lord Jesus, the Great Shepherd. That's true, Janie, and a lot of times I think that we are a lot like Nicodemus, and we want to figure out in the scriptures, what can I do to make my life easier? You know, Nicodemus went to Jesus at night and asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? You know, and there's this attitude that there's something that we can do within ourselves to make things right, to be holy, to have integrity. And we want to do all of these things apart from the Good Shepherd. And the Lord knows the heart, Sharon, because in setting up the story of Nicodemus in John 3, The Lord did not answer him directly according to what Nicodemus wanted, but Jesus answered Nicodemus according to what he needed. Oh, right. All right. And so we need to recognize that the shepherd will always answer us according to our true need, not according to our wants and our perception. Right. So Mm -hmm. he will never allow our perception with the words that he says to bring us into deception of the truth and understanding his words. So let's camp out there for a second, Janie. In talking about being born again, according to John 14, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. Okay, now you just put a soft, soothing word into a hard saying. So go back and read that again for us. Okay. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's giving tremendous hope with a soft saying. He's making a provision for what man needs. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, if someone is really looking for the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus has just given you comfort to know if you find him, you have found what you need for life, to know the truth and the way to walk in it. But in the very next breath, and he says, but now no one's going to come to the Father except through me. 
That's a hard saying. All right. And then I, that was in John 14, but we can go back to John 6 on this same subject. And we find that Jesus being the only way was highly offensive to his own followers. Because as he taught them who he is and was, he gave them language they didn't understand. Okay. And that language was, he said, you're going to have to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Mm -hmm. Now, just get a word picture on that. Here is a person you're following, and it sounds like he's wanting them to have cannibalism. Right. Eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. And they even come in and say, this is a hard saying. Who can understand what you are saying? Right. But you say we've got to do that if we want to live forever. Okay. All right? And if you go back down into John 6, 65, Jesus once again says, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. That's one of the first times when the Lord is talking about having a family. And then it says, instead of them seeing that that is a soft saying about the Lord promising them that they can be a part of an eternal family, they hear him with the ears that says, this offends me. And from that time, many of his own disciples went back to their old ways and walked with him no more. So we need to recognize, Sharon, the Bible is filled with love that sometimes it comes across as a hard saying. And if we are truly not being seekers of the Lord Jesus Christ through his words, then we can get offended at the very truth that we're seeking. So it's really about balance, isn't it? Balancing the discipline that the Lord gives us, the hard sayings with the comfort of the soft sayings. Yes, and you know what? There is another example of this, just going back a chapter in John 5. And Jesus is once again speaking to these disciples. And he says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So the scriptures do testify of the great shepherd, God Almighty in the flesh. And it says in verse 40 of chapter 5, But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So you see... We can truly be seeking the truth, and when we hear it, if we don't like it, then our perception is to reject. Hmm. So we'll reject the sayings that we don't like and grab hold of the ones that we do like, but there's not a balance to give us eternal life. Very well said. And then if we think about going over to balancing the scripture within 2 Timothy 2, chapter 3, it tells us that we will not be listening because we will have itching ears to hear what we want to hear. And now today you recognize that many of the most well-attended churches around are going because what they're hearing tickles their ears rather than convicts their heart. And that's why mentoring matters. 
Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.